0: To the Experience Darden podcast, I'm your host Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Miles Stroud. Miles is a second-year student in our full-time MBA class of 2023, and he is also one of the co-presidents of the Darden Military Association. Miles and I recently connected to talk more about his background, how he decided to pursue an MBA, what led him to Darden, plans for the Darden Military Association in the year ahead. And so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So, without further ado, here is my interview with Miles Stroud. Miles, welcome to the podcast. Brett, thanks for having me today. It's great to talk with you. Uh, here you are. I guess uh, another quarter has has opened here. Your post fall break. How are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling good. Uh, coming off fall break, definitely refreshed. I had a pretty uh, academically intensive first quarter. Q2 is a little bit lighter load, uh, which I know me and my partner are both excited about.
0: All right. For our listeners, tell us what what an academically intensive quarter looked like for you as a a second year student.
1: Sure. So uh, it was all self-induced. I was in seven classes, uh, if you include interviewing potential Darden students. Um, Two reasons for that. One, the classes that I wanted to take just happened to be in Q1. Uh, I want to make the most of my time here at Darden, um, kind of like fill in areas that I haven't got to experience before. And those classes just happen to fall during Q1, but also looking forward to kind of the end of the year. Uh, if I took a few more classes, you know, at the beginning of the second year, I can take a few less uh, kind of at the end, especially going into graduation and transitioning my family. I thought having a little extra time would be beneficial.
0: Yeah, seven classes is a tall order, but I guess you've got those in your rear view mirror now. I do, and yeah.
1: Four to five is about kind of like the average, I think.
0: So you also mentioned that you're interviewing Darden uh, prospective Darden students, applicants, as part of the Student Admissions Committee. Uh, what's that been like? Have you enjoyed that?
1: It, it's been really great. Uh, I actually interviewed with a, with a Darden student when I was interviewing to come here. Uh, so when the opportunity cropped up this summer, I kind of jumped at it. I think it's really exciting to get, be the, the face of, you know, Darden when these folks are interviewing to get in. It's really great to meet folks. I view kind of my role as interviewer is the advocate for all the interviewees that I have. Hopefully they give me all the right information I need to advocate for them. Um, it's just been a really incredible experience. Additionally, uh, for the technical admissions committee also lead a lot of the tours that are here on Darden. So when folks come for open houses or admin days or whatever it might be, I get the chance to show them around Darden and what makes it a great place.
0: Well, that's awesome. So for our listeners, who knows? You may very well have Miles. If you if you apply and you're invited invited to interview, you may very well interview with Miles. Those interviews are conducted by second-year students as, as well as mem- members of our admissions committee, but always always a great conversation. I think that's one of the things I really enjoy about our interview approach is you don't know really anything about the person, right? These are anonymous interviews. So the interviewer has not read the application, does not have a copy of the resume in, in front of them. Uh, and you're really coming to that conversation to learn directly from the applicant about their, their story. Um, it's always, always a, a great experience. Absolutely.
1: And no two interviews are the same. So I just love getting to hear everyone's version of their story.
0: All right. Well, let's talk a little bit more about you, Miles. So tell us a little bit more about who you are. What was your background? What did you do before coming to DART?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh,
0: originally uh,
1: I grew up outside Wichita, Kansas small little town called Derby, about 30,000 folks or so. Um, I ended up going to undergrad at Harvard. Uh, and then after that, I commissioned into the Marine Corps. People always ask like, why would you go to Harvard and then join the Marine Corps? Uh, that was actually kind of a um, a detour for me. I was dead set coming out of high school um, about going into military service. I loved team sports growing up. I think I learned a lot of life lessons and that was really important to me. However, I was too short, too slow uh to really play team sports professionally, right? And make, make a living out of it. But I loved working as a team, love solving complex problems, love you know, the physical adversity of it. So the next best thing for me um was to join the military, right? And become a military officer, leadership, lots of bravado and whatnot associated with that. Um and also just like giving back, right? So uh I feel like people did it for me, uh, you know, so that I could grow up, you know, prosperous in Kansas and safe. And so for me, it was my way to kind of like pay my toll, if you will, and pay it forward for other folks. So after Harvard, I commissioned as an infantry officer in the Marine Corps um, and spent five years, almost five years, based out of Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. Uh, From there, I was a platoon commander, a company XO, and then I was a liaison officer to a a uh, uh, three-star command in Afghanistan called c the Combined Security Transition Command Afghanistan. That was pretty late uh, in, in the kind of like the Afghan cycle. I was there from 2019 to 2020, came back, and then I was the regimental training officer for 8th Marine Regiment uh, right before they shut down. So pretty typical you know, military career for a junior officer as far as uh, progression having a platoon of 60 Marines and sailors, being responsible, getting them trained, prepared for whatever the upcoming deployment is, very similar as an XO, uh, you know, being kind of like the primary operations and planning manager for a company of 200 or so Marines and sailors, uh, getting to learn like the cross-functional leadership and leading your peers and kind of mentoring junior lieutenants when, when they come in. Uh, really enjoyed my, my time in Afghanistan. It was very interesting getting to work with a lot of our NATO partners. So I was in a NATO command. There was like 13 countries just in my section alone. So, you know, really eye-opening uh, experience, broadening experience. Um, and when I came back, you know, kind of actually one of the one of the interesting facts about myself: all three of the units—Third uh, Battalion, Eighth Marines, Task Force Southwest, and Eighth Marine Regiment—that I was in uh, were shut down within uh, six months of me leaving the Marine Corps. Hopefully, you know, not no, by no direction uh, or like direct impact that I had. Just one of those weird oddities.
0: Well, you mentioned that you had always had your eye on on military service; that that was part of your plan. I'm curious. Did you always know that you were going to pursue an MBA? Was that something that you always knew was in your future?
1: No, I did not. And I know I talk to students all the time. They tell me in the interviews, uh, you know, hey, in undergrad, I just always knew that MBA was going to be in my future. Um, that was just not the path that I took. I think if anything, I probably was more considering law school. Um, so essentially, I had to make the decision whether or not to stay in the Marine Corps or exit, uh when I was deployed to Afghanistan. And, you know, it was really tough to find uh, mentors who knew you know, both sides, business and military life, for no fault of their own. I was just surrounded by a lot of career officers and staff and CEOs, and the military was their career. Fortunately, uh, we had a reserve company that was deployed with us and the reserve company commander uh, had some business school and uh, business experience. Uh, he actually was a Darden grad. And so he put Darden on my radar Uh, and then as well, he had been in investment banking and consulting, which were two of the careers that I was considering at the time, fairly common, well-trodden path for junior military officers as they're transitioning out. So he kind of was like, Hey, you know, sit down young Lieutenant. Um, let me tell you about this thing called an MBA. And let me show you like what kind of doors it opens to you as far as the business world goes.
0: Wow. That's an incredible story. What are the, what are the chances that that person just happened to be there and you could pick, pick their brain about it?
1: No, it's incredible. And then also, as I was leaving, so I came to Darden from Wilmington, North Carolina, I actually saw that same officer on a flight as he was moving to Wilmington, North Carolina. So just a lot of coincidences with him.
0: What was it about an MBA that really resonated with you? You rec- Recognizing that like, okay, so you thought business, uh, maybe after initially thinking about uh, pursuing a legal path. So here you are, you're, you're at Darden, but what was it about... But an MBA that really appeals?
1: Yeah, I think a couple of things. Um, the, the first one just being like, if there's anything that the Marine Corps taught me was like the value of education, right? And training. And so an MBA, you know, I studied government and classics in undergrad, uh, softer, right? Like I, you know, I wasn't a finance guy or econ guy and I had some leadership experience in the military, but I didn't know much about business. I always make the joke, you know, and this is true that I didn't know what an NPV was when I showed up to Dartmouth. Um, Pretty like, you know, foundational finance concept. So for me, I thought, okay, I value education. I value training. Let me go somewhere um, that's going to kind of give me these foundational skills in in education and business. Um, So for me, that was kind of top ones, like, hey, I need to gain some book skills uh, in this thing called business. The next thing is just a variety of kind of exit opportunities from business school that you can go into, right? You can go into consulting, you can go into all kinds of arms of finance, you can go into general management. I really liked having the optionality of getting an MBA and then kind of exiting to wherever I found my niche when I was here uh at Darton.
0: I appreciate that point for our listeners who may also be puzzling at this moment or maybe Googling MPV. Uh (laughs) what is that? Uh
1: net present value. Uh so essentially. Uh, it's the present value of some type of investments minus uh, whatever the actual investment it costs. That's where the net part comes in.
0: Appreciate you in, your indulging you're indulging that cold call, Miles. Um, your story, you know, being a government classics major coming uh, to Darden um, MBA MBA program, where you're going to have to take things like accounting and finances, is not so unfamiliar as you as you know from your your experience, your classmates' experience. Uh, this whole traditional, non-traditional binary that people talk about it—I I feel like it's fully broken down, and particularly broken down at at a place like the, you know, like Darden general management program. You're going to have a core. I do think the core appeals to people who may not have had as much prior experience. You know, you're going to have to go through these these topics. Is that something that also resonated with you? It sounds like it. It did.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I was actually very nervous about uh, going to other schools where even initially you get a choose your own adventure approach. Um, you know, there are schools out there. And if that's, you know, your style, absolutely, you know, go for it. For me, I really liked Darden's kind of like aspect of core. Like, Hey, we're going to give you a lot of, you know, foundation and finance, accounting, marketing, strategy. And I think Darden also, not only just the classes, but the timing of the classes for someone like me, it was kind of hard pivoting, trying to go into consulting. Um, it, it, they peaked and they timed it out very, very well, so that when it came time for interviewing, I had the skills that I needed. Knowing that I was going to get the opportunity to do the choose-your-own-adventure approach and kind of study the stuff that really piqued my interest or you know skills that I was lacking in Q4 and also you know the entirety of the of the second year. You know one one point is the traditional non-traditional. One thing one uh, career that I think really kind of overlaps or has a lot of similarities with the military. Uh, I was very surprised that to, to if I was out in the white thing about it before is the folks that come from teaching, specifically the folks that come from like teach from America. I was just down at the similarities as far as like, Hey, you're put into an environment where you're responsible for a lot of things kind of immediately uh, not necessarily have the decision-making authority that you w- would like to have, but you have to be able to, to lead work through ambiguity uh, and creatively problem-solve. I was very impressed with with my classmates
0: that came from TFA. That's such an interesting point. I appreciate your sharing that. We talked to some TFA alums here on the podcast, um, and now that you mentioned it and you outlined it in that way, that is a lot of what they share about their experience. So I was, I picked up, I moved to a part of the country I, maybe I wasn't super familiar with. I, all of a sudden, I had all these students who were looking at me, and I was teaching school, and here we go. I've got to, I've got to figure this out. Um, so probably a good preparation for an MBA program. Cause I, I feel like a lot of the first year experience is okay. I might not know a ton about this. Um, case methods, new business schools, new recruiting, all this stuff you're, you're learning a ton and navigating a fair amount of ambiguity as you do it.
1: Yeah, no amazing. Very impressed. Uh... Also, traditional folks as well. But as far as, you know, the non-traditional binary goes, the Teach for America folks just really stood out. And we, we had a lot in common. Um, sometimes we could we could lament that uh, as we were sitting in Cafe 67 or stressing about an upcoming problem set or something like that.
0: Were there other aspects of the Darden experience that resonated with you, Miles?
1: Yeah. Um, so like when I was kind of like choosing Darden, right, again, I had a mentor who had been there, uh, spoke the ground truth. He hadn't led me astray yet. So that's what kind of put it like on my short list initially. But obviously, uh, you know, I, I came home and had to start kind of like the preparation, studying for the, the GRE, taking that, doing more research. Um, funnily enough, uh after I'd actually already applied to Darwin, there's another business school that has uh kind of a uh a, a test toolkit where you can select factors that are important to you in a in a business school. Uh, so I'd already applied, applications are already, you know, downrange and submitted. But I was like, what the heck, let me take uh, this, you know, test. And sure enough, uh, maybe it was selection bias, having already went through the process, but Darty came out as my number one school on that test, right? So um, I needed a place that was academically rigorous, given what, what I perceived to be my weaknesses. I knew that I was going to get that here from, from, one, all the materials, uh, going to webinars, speaking to current students, uh, especially other military veterans uh, that had transitioned from Similar backgrounds, similar professional backgrounds. Um, the next thing was the schools kind of give you the uh, the answers to the test, right? Like I always tell folks, look at the career reports. They're telling you where their graduates go, what industries they place place in, what locations and cities they place in. And when I looked at that for Darden, I knew that I wanted to do consulting in the southeast. And frankly, there just wasn't a better school. Um, like I said, my partner and I came from Wilmington, North Carolina. I'm from Kansas. These were just from upstate New York. Neither of us wanted to go back to those places. So we wanted to settle in a place that was close to home. So for us, that was the Southeastern United States, hopefully somewhere that wasn't too far from the ocean. Uh, it's tight knit, right? If you look at the size of the student body compared to, uh, to other business schools, I really like the aspect of, you know, the entire school is 350 ish. And then you have your section that you get to know very well throughout core of 70 individuals. It, fun fact. The students that I had assigned seating with uh, through my my Q1 section of core, I went on spring break with them. Uh, we we trekked across Utah, went to four of the national parks, went to Las Vegas, stopped in Park City. It was just incredible getting to like be immersed in that tight knit um, community. The next one is location. Again, we're from the southeast United States. We wanted to go to a great business school that was going to be close to home, a lot of family support, uh friend support from folks that I knew in the Marine Corps that had been stationed maybe up near Quantico or in D.C. Um, my partner had two friends, one from high school, one from college. It was in the local area. It made a really, it made, and one, we like the, uh, the outdoors as well, right? So great premier access to the outdoors. We, we always say that we traded the ocean for the mountains. Um, hopefully, you know, when we end up back in Charlotte. We won't be too far from either as well. And, you know, frankly, my partner factored a lot into my decision as far as like, hey, how are you going to feel at Darden? Uh, and Darden was great, both in the Darden Military Association and also the Darden Partner Association in linking up uh, current partners with my partner and just explaining to her, hey, here's what Darden is like. Here's the kind of uh, the daily schedule for your partner when he's here and engaged. And here's the things we do to make you feel welcome, which has been 100% the truth. My partner is involved in more clubs than I am at Darden. People walk up to me and they say, oh, you're Jen's partner. My Jen's partner. Jen's my partner. What are you talking about? Um, the Darden Military Association played a huge role. Um, frankly, just being, again, my mentor was a DMA alum, uh, and then just talking to the Darden Military Association students that were here at the time. Hey, what does this thing look like? What is the support that you provide? What does the, the DMA Alumni Support Network look like? Um, it just felt like it was going to be an instant fit. And then, you know, frankly, something to consider for, for all folks when you're looking at business schools is scholarship opportunities, right? So uh, one thing that sets Darden apart uh, is it's a public school. So your GI Bill funding uh, goes very far here. And then additionally, there's the opportunity to receive uh, scholarships that are walled off and restricted to military veterans. I think last time I checked, there are 11. And that's not just one for one. So multiple students can receive that uh, each of those 11 scholarships. So very long-winded, but that's kind of like how I went into my thought process of ending up at Darden.
0: Well, that's super organized and methodical miles. I mean to take through it in, in that way, thank you for doing that. I appreciate your note about your, your partner's experience. I think that that's great, it actually resonates with a lot of what we've heard from DPA members or uh, students who have partners when they come on the podcast. and they end up sharing that, yeah, their partners is even more involved in the Darden community than they are, which I think is, is great because moving to Charlottesville, it's a you know a smaller town, it's a college town. Um, and so people always want to know what, what's that experience going to be like, not just for me as a student, but for my partner, spouse, significant other, who's also going to be on this this journey with me. That's an important question.
1: Now, Dart is extremely partner forward, partner friendly, but also families, right? Um, I think the DMA disproportionately, just because a lot of them uh, skew a little bit older, have families. But just overall, even folks that are non-military, the family culture here, I've never seen or heard of an event where you know partners or families are not invited. Everyone loves getting out on Flagler Courtyard, whether it's for a cold call or some other kind of like Darden Cup event, and m- meeting young kids, seeing the toddlers, bringing your dog. Um, Darden's extremely partner forward, and for that, I'm very thankful.
0: Well, you mentioned the students you sat next to in quarter one of, of CORE. Let's take a moment for your section. What section were you? I was section A, go Lions. All right. Um, what was your favorite thing about being part of section A? Uh, S-
1: section A, um, no offense to other sections. We, we have, in my opinion, the best professors. Um, so I, I'm not sure if they rotate. I'm pretty sure, you know, um, from finance to accounting, uh, so like Mark Lipson, finance professor. It actually was funny. Uh, I was at a client this, this summer and they happened to happen to be surrounded by, uh, a good number of Darden alums and we all had had Mark Lipson for, uh, TXSA finance. Uh, so we, we had a good laugh, uh, just remembering kind of the lessons that, that Mark taught us. And then also just like the the, the spirit, right? Like Section A, uh, runner-up last year in the Darden Cup. But if there was uh, an award for most involved or highest spirit decor, definitely would have been uh, Section A.
0: Appreciate that that nod to the pronunciation of the Nance. <laughs> um, when we did office hours with... This is a faculty conversation series that we have. Uh, the first one was with Rich Evans, who also teaches finance. And we asked him to explain the difference between finance and finance. Uh, and then Mark Lipson also came on Office Hours and it was a lot of fun to talk with him. But as the person doing uh, the the questioning uh, of of Mark, I, I've had to remember it's finance. Um, so just a, a guide for myself, I, I think it's so funny. I, I really, um, they seem to have a good time, good time with it. And I think it's a fair reflection. I mean, the students and faculty, I think particularly through that section experience, I, my sense is that they really get to know each other well. And the faculty really are excited to be part of that first year student experience, just like they're excited to teach electives. But that's a particularly, you know, momentous moment for the students as they come in, their new Darden students are trying to figure it all out. And the faculty, play a really important role in helping students kind of orient to what it means to be a Darden student. Yeah, absolutely. I
1: I don't think I necessarily understood what it meant by like, hey, Darden has a top ranked faculty for you know a a decade straight or whatever it may be. Um, But then showing up here on campus and I always tell students this when I'm doing interviews or uh, doing tours um, of Darden. The faculty here are fully and wholly invested in you. And the fact that they open their home to you, whether it's doing a Friendsgiving or a Sunday brunch, they come to your events whether it's a darting cup event, or you're doing something out in town, whether it's um, auctioning off time with them or experiences with them during the building goodness in April auction. Uh, my marketing professor last year, I uh, won the auction event for his experience. So he took us uh, to shoot sporting clays, and then he took us to his stable to meet his horse, uh, his daughter's horse, and then afterwards, you know, he invited us into his home to cook us his fa- family's secret recipe. Uh, and so it's just an incredible experience how much the professors are investing in you and involved in you. You know, They're the ones that are actually grading your exams and your tests, and they're giving you feedback. They're always open to come meet you, whether it's during office hours or you know, uh, by appointment, first coffee. Yeah, you, you can't go to any first coffee and look around and not see a professor. You're going to see multiple professors that are there. They're engaged. They want to see you be successful. They can be your sounding board. As well, as many of them will tell you, Uh, Tough how some Darden cases get written is when you go forth into the big world of business and you need support or you have a question, you reach back to your professors uh, and they're open and honest and they're willing to help you or provide mentorship or connect you with someone. Um, That to me is kind of like, hey, the the number one faculty uh, experience. That's really what it boils down to.
0: Well, Miles, I'm curious about your first year experience. It sounds like you had a great experience in Section A. And I always love to hear the section pride for our listeners. You should know it. You've been listening to the podcast. You might know this already, but the sections, they all have mascots, cheers, colors. The sections become the basis for competition through the Darden Cup. There's a, there's a lot that happens around the section experience. Um, but I'm curious about the adjustment to, to being a Darden student, to being a first year student. What are some of the things you learn um, through that process that, that you might encourage folks you know, coming behind you to think about?
1: Yeah, so um, I think the first thing was just the early on support. So from the moment, you know, I accepted uh, my position at Darden, um, they gave us like classes to take over the summer, um, which might not seem like the most exciting, but for someone like me that was having a big pivot and especially for accounting, I had, you know, zero introduction to accounting. I really appreciated the kind of go at your own pace opportunity to really just like dip your toe into to the world. Um, same thing for finance as well. And then also, again, before school started, uh, I had the opportunity to attend Darden Before Darden, um, which is kind of like a, uh, so somewhat watered down, uh, maybe like 10 day, uh, program before, uh, opening week where students like myself who are doing a harder pivot or international students, um, who might be, you know, nervous about use, using their second language, uh, in a 70 person room environment can really kind of like come together and check out what this Darden case method, business school experiences like. Uh, and then finally, you know, I had some uh some what I perceived as like weaknesses, right? So it's like again, these hard skills. Uh when I was in the Marine Corps, I used Excel to track uh like chow rosters. So like which of my Marines have their MREs for like an upcoming field exercise. I didn't use it to to do any kind of modeling. Um, I didn't I wasn't really immersed in like the the functions, maybe some was kind of like the, the, the best function that I knew or the one that I used the most, something like that. So I was a little bit nervous, especially having been out of the classroom um, for at this point, uh, like seven years. Um, how is it gonna be transitioning back into the classroom? Um, maybe some imposter syndrome, right? Like, do I actually belong in this room with my peers who have all these amazing accomplishments, have done all these amazing things that kind of already uh, shown their work in the business world and the business environment, right? Um, but Darden does a really good job, again, providing me opportunities to kind of like ease myself in, but also like once you're here, especially with opening week, letting you know like one, we're a community, a rising tide lifts all boats. You're gonna learn more from your peers than frankly you do from our low class professors, right? And then also just the amount of resources are here on campus, whether it's tutoring or OSA, so Office of Student Affairs, um, plus just the other student groups and clubs, um, you know, partners, everything. It's just, it makes it really hard to see how you couldn't succeed. I
0: appreciate your, your sharing all of that. I, I do think like everybody has some kind of learning curve uh, when you come. I, I think there's a tendency, graduate school, business programs, however you want to define this, people try to project this thing where you've got it all figured out, you know exactly what you're doing and you look around and maybe it's a lot of people doing this. But I, I think the most important thing to remember is everybody's new at this. And if we've, you remember anything from being new at something, it's like we're all learning here. Uh, maybe some people know a little bit more about a subject than others. Uh, maybe people are a little bit more familiar with something than, than other people. But you know, you're all in this together, to your point, you have the opportunity to learn from each other. I'm, I'm so struck, like when I observe a case discussion with students, um, I think this is something that's, that's fascinating about the Darton classroom. And I don't know if our listeners know this, that the students talk to each other. They, they are often they may talk to the faculty member, but they're more often talking to each other as they're having a case discussion. And that's different than how we kind of typically think about class, where you talk to the professor directly. I, I think that's such an interesting thing.
1: No, I think professors actually kind of use that um, as a temperature check for how well their class is going. Sometimes they will even say, OK, like, hey, I'm doing too much talking. Um, you love when you can see a professor kind of step off to the side of the classroom and the students are really driving the conversation, asking the questions, answering the questions, having the debates, whatever that may be, depending on the class style. Um, and they, they love that. Right. Sometimes you'll ask a question to the professor and they'll say, don't ask me, like ask your classmates and then someone will have to raise their hand and kind of give their take whatever that may be.
0: Yeah, we asked Rich Evans this question of like, what he enjoys about the case method. And he said the best version of the case method. He's not talking at all. He's actually standing a bit to the side. And I do think this is a little bit different than how people think about school. We get so used to like, you come into the classroom, the professor enters the classroom, they tell you everything that you need to know. And this is a spoiler, I suppose, for our listeners, the the faculty are not gonna tell you an answer. They actually think that that's of like limited utility uh, for will correct, you know, sort of technical misunderstandings along the way, but they readily acknowledge there's multiple ways to solve, uh, these problems that you're wrestling with that exercising judgment, doing that in a social environment, hearing from other people and you know, having to communicate. These are the things that are going to serve you better in the long run, uh, than focusing on a specific answer, uh, to a particular problem.
1: Now, I, I completely agree. Uh, Frankly, you know, for accounting, sometimes there is a right or wrong answer. But for so many classes here, whether it's ethics or strategy or leading organizations, there is there is no right answer, and there's no one way to crack the nut. Um, so just if, if you're un- don't be uncomfortable uh, when you leave the class classroom, and there's not necessarily a nice, you know, tidy ending to whatever that day's case might have been.
0: Well, Miles, let's talk a little bit about your summer so um where were you this summer um and uh, how did it go it was great so i was with uh mckenzie and company based out of
1: their charlotte office uh even though i was based out of charlotte i uh my client was in houston i was an oil and gas client i was on a large scale transformation um for them it was an incredible experience uh i was really drawn to consulting from when i originally talked to the 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 mentor that kind of led me on my path to darden um, the way that I looked at you know, recruiting consulting, if I was going to get a foundational business education at Darden, I saw consulting as kind of like the finishing school or the residency for that education. I didn't know necessarily what industries or functions that I wanted to go into. So for me, um, I view consulting as a way to try a lot of things really fast, um, see what I'm good at, see what I like doing, see if those things match up and try and go from there.
0: All right. Well, Charlotte's my hometown. I won't indulge our listeners in like a weird rabbit hole conversation about Charlotte, but it's a good place to be. It's a it's a nice town, um, maybe bigger than people think. So lot's going on. lot's going on there. Yeah, I loved it. It was based in Plaza Midwood, uh, if you know where that area is. I do. Uh, so <laughs> we'll, we'll catch up about that at another time, Miles. So you, you come into your second year. We talked with a lot of second year students. We have in this fall period, we are oftentimes on the podcast talking with student leaders about leadership roles they've taken on because this is a big part of the second year experience typically taking on an active role shaping the Darden community oftentimes through student leadership uh, for second year students and so um, as you approached your second year what was important to you what what were your priorities? Yeah so um, first
1: year is kind of a grind to a certain degree right you show up you're a little anxious Uh, you don't necessarily have everything figured out yet. It's a long process, but it goes by very fast. Um, especially, you know, for someone in consulting, most of the consulting interviews and offers for internships happen just after the first of the year. Um, so really, uh, before Q3 has even started. Um, but, but throughout that process, impacts are made on you, right? Through whether it's through professional clubs or affinity clubs or other sports clubs you want to, you want to be involved in. Um, so for me, I wanted to be very intentional about the, the groups that I was going to be involved in and make sure it was ones that I really cared about, but also give back. I think there's a huge culture of giving back with Darden, um, especially as like second years. Uh, you, you kind of look around, and you, you think, oh my gosh, like the second years did so much of this. Darden enabled it and empowered it, whether it's with financial resources or you know helping you strategize and figure out how to do it. But I'm just amazed and I still am amazed at how much of Darden's culture is driven uh, and supported by second year students. So for me, uh, the things that I was most uh, pumped about was one, getting back to the, the Darden Military Association, um, back to, you know, again, I hate to keep returning to this, but I probably wouldn't be here if I hadn't come across that mentor who was, a, who was a DMA alum. All the help and support that I got throughout my transition from interview prep, resume prep, essay prep. Hey, what is life like there? Can, can my partner talk to your wife? About life at Darden. Um, so it, it can be a big, scary world. Uh, if, if you don't have that support, the DMA provided me that support. So it was something that I was passionate about, uh, giving back. And the next one was just the general, you know, Darden experience going back to my Darden interview. Uh, when, when that student's face popped up and we had a, a very conversational interview, um, I was just engrossing like, wow, something that can be me helping to, uh, teach people about Darden, but also, uh, help Darden figure out, you know, the the right students for those 350 seats every year.
0: Well, for our listeners um, who may not know so much about the DMA, the Darden Military Association, what would you want them to know about this uh, student organization? Yeah, so I I guess first and foremost is probably the DMA is not just for veterans, right?
1: Um, It's interesting, but we're actually a minority in our own group. Uh, So when you account for partners and allies, we call them battle buddies. Uh, the actual veterans who are in the DMA are outnumbered, which t- to me is incredible show of support from our allies in the community and the partners as well. Um, so it's, it's not just about military members. In fact, that's kind of one of our, one of our core objectives is broadening our reach, demystifying what the military is to folks that may not have, you know, had a service member in their family, have never interacted with the military, uh, international students, right? The, the U.S. has a very unique, uh, culture, uh, with, with the military. So a lot of folks have just never had the opportunity to have the military demystified for them. Um, So it's it's not just for military members. It's really for the entire Darden and really greater Charlottesville community.
0: Well, along those lines, what are are your goals for the year? Um, We're recording this conversation in late October. As you look ahead, months to come, what what do you hope to accomplish with the DMA?
1: Yeah, so me and the co-president, Malcolm Dunlop, uh, we were very intentional when we sat down uh, and kind of like, all right, the DMA is ours, what, what do we want it to be like uh, over the next uh, year, right? Because it's you get 100% leadership turnover for the clubs every year. can be very short. And so tying into that, I think not just the DMA, but a lot of the student clubs uh, at Darden really suffered a lot of institutional memory loss during COVID. In fact, the, the second years um, when I showed up on campus didn't have the opportunity to meet their second years in person. Until nearly graduation, right? And again, because you have 100% leadership turnover, it's kind of like, all right, what did what did the DMA look like prior to COVID? And so our top goal was just really, hey, let's return this thing to what it looked like around 2019, and then we can pass it off uh, refreshed to you know our first years, the the, the class of 24. Um, so that's the overarching goal. I think you know kind of embedded in that, the first thing is first year and second year career support. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as an affinity club, we have an, an incredible network. In fact, I always tell folks the, the first person that I talked to at every firm was a Darden Military Association alumni. Um, it's just been incredible how much give back they're willing to give. And a lot of times, and the DMA tries to do this too, folks will take off their hat. They'll take off their firm hat. They'll take off their Darden hat and say, Hey, I'm a veteran first. I'm going to provide you the best advice, um, that I can from a veteran's perspective. And then, you know, they, they can put on their respective hats later and kind of give you the pitch, if that may be. So first year and secondary career support is our top priority, making sure that our folks, as they transition out of the military with their family, are landing in a role, uh, hopefully in a city as well, that they're excited about, they're jazzed about, and they're going to want to help give back to DMA as well. The next thing is strengthen the DMA network. Uh, as you know, folks used to come to Darden a lot, whether it was for recruiting events or scholarship dinners, and just all kinds of events, a lot of that paused during COVID. So for us, just making sure that we have strong ties to our alumni, to our donors, um, to make sure one, we we are carrying and like doing the right thing for this organization to make sure that it's robust and strong going forward, um, but also to just let folks know like what we're doing. A lot of times folks just, they wanna know, hey, who from the, the DMA was a Genevieve scholarship winner, or when someone like John Strangfeld comes back and like has a dinner, we'll shoot him a, a photo of, of the DMA still getting together. John, although he's not a veteran, um, is the godfather of the DMA, created that when he was in a leadership position uh, at, the, at the Darden Foundation. The next one is transition, uh, transitioning and uh, admission support. So again, we're vet first. This year, uh, round one just closed and we've, we've had 135 veterans reach out that are interested in, in coming to Darden. And that's not just one conversation, right? So a lot of times it's an initial conversation. Hey, let me maybe try and dispel some myths or provide some advice. Here's what Darden looks like. But Look then it's follow up. Uh, it's resume reviews. It's, uh, essay support. Hey, I think maybe you should think about this. Um, it can also be, Interview preparation. It can be help with housing, how to navigate the GI bill, how to navigate the reserves, if that's something you want to do and come to Dart and stuff like that. Um, but also in, in many ways, we're recruiting our future network, right? Uh hopefully when I'm out there as a, as a DMA alumni and I'm looking back for my firm um for our affinity. I, I want to have a really strong, talented pool to reach back into. Finally, kind of broadening our reach, right? I touched on it a little bit. Um, we need to show folks in the community what the Darden Military Association is out, whether that's through philanthropic events. You know, we, we hosted a, a Ukrainian fundraiser last year. Many of us had served uh, with Afghan translators. And so a lot of them, uh, when they were getting uh, rehomed in the, the Virginia area, you know, we had a, a clothing drive, an, an incredible clothing drive to make a local news, right? Um, and then just operating and being good brand ambassadors for the military within the Darn and Charlottesville community.
0: Well, make no small plans. Miles, that that is that's quite a bit. Um, I think you take through like five, six, maybe plus different different things. That, that's great and amazing to hear the number of prospective students you're engaging with. It's it's not super surprising. I, I know this from our executive MBA and to a certain extent part time MBA experience. Obviously, it's early days with the part time MBA, but we're. We, we also have some veterans in, in that population too. I do think that there's a real desire of uh, folks from this background who we want to connect with people who've kind of been in, that, been in that world, have come to an MBA program, navigated all of this, may even have some insights around career goals. Because my impression from talking to a fair number of, of veterans is, okay, I've been in this very structured world. I always knew the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And now I'm getting out. I'm moving into this much more ambiguous moment in my life, in my career. And, oh, by the way, I'm doing school. How's all this going to work? And to be able to connect with somebody who's been through that can be super helpful.
1: You know, it's it's great at reducing anxiety. Uh, We have great connections with uh, the DART Executive Veterans, which is the uh, EMBA program, kind of the version of the DMA. Lots of, uh, hey, let's meet up. We're going to the same, you know, Veterans Career Conference. Maybe we can, you know, share merch anytime those folks are in town or vice versa, always look each other up. Same thing. And I've had a a couple of really great positive interactions uh, with the the folks in the inaugural part-time program as well, especially with the proximity to D.C. There's a lot of veteran population there that wants to continue their education, whether they're pivoting or trying to do that to to further their military career as well.
0: Any specific advice you would want to give here um, for for veterans as they're thinking about this next step, obviously, we always ask a general advice question, but maybe a little bit of a riff on that here. Say, let's, well, let's speak directly to our, our listeners who have perhaps a military service background. I guess the first one is um, you
1: know, it's it's going to be okay. Like, don't worry. Uh, it is a big, scary world out here as far as, you know, when you're in the military, you have a pretty uh, standard career progression everything from promotion to, to billets or roles you're going to fill. Um, you generally kind of know uh, what is out there and what what's possible. Um, it's, it's a little bit wider, uh, out here, uh, kind of in the business world, the world that I'm currently entering. Right. Um, but it's going to be okay. There's a ton of support out there, um, through Darden and other like veteran networks. There's a, there's a great service that I use and I now volunteer for called service to school. Um, so I guess the first thing is just like reach out, right. Do, do some research, talk with folks, visit if you get the opportunity, um, Again, vet first, I always tell folks, like, hey, you're you're doing great reaching out and talking to me. I hope you're doing that at, at other programs as well, right? Because you can't be kind of the ground truth, talking to folks, getting their opinion, going to the school, seeing it, especially if you can go uh, on a day when school is in session, right? Um, the next thing is the DMA does not just exist uh, for veterans or even, uh, sorry, it doesn't exist just for U.S. veterans or just for veterans, right? So we have members of the DMA who are uh veterans of the Israeli military, uh, the, the Korean military, and several others. So it's not just U.S. focused. But again, uh, we are a minority in our own club. So there's tons of ways to come here and get involved in the DMA once you're on campus or even before, let us know. Uh, specifically for the folks, again, very partner uh, and, and family forward and friendly. So even if you're not a veteran, but you know you have kids, a lot of the veterans have kids um, and they kind of want to know like what's this transition thing look like with kids to Darden. I've learned way more about Nanny than I ever thought that I would during my time at Darden. It's great, uh, to kind of have the knowledge on the back burner, if, and when that, that comes my time in life. Um, but it's just an incredible opportunity. We're very welcoming, very friendly and don't hesitate to reach out.
0: Well, Miles, is there anything you're looking forward to you're excited about in the, in the months ahead?
1: Yeah. Um, I I think a couple of things, the first and foremost is the ski trip, the ski trips coming up. I've only ever skied actually in the Marine Corps, which is not as great of an experience as what we're going to have in Park City. Uh, last year, they were in Whistler. Um, I, I was a little bit nervous with the COVID environment, getting stuck in Canada. knowing I had interviews coming up. I also hadn't skied that much before. So I, uh, I, I forewent that opportunity. This year, my, my partner and I decided like, hey, We definitely want to give this skiing thing a shot so let's go out to park city with the darn outdoors club a lot of our close friends um and, and give it a chance i guess the next thing will probably be helping first years as they prepare for interviews specifically in consulting and then guiding them through the process i know just one the huge sense of relief but also the excitement um of the preparation specifically for like the kind of esoteric you know uh case interview and then just the excitement when you know you receive an offer that you're so excited about, you can't wait. You know that, hey, like I'm going to be employed this summer. Big monkey's off your back. Um, it's all been worth it. And then, uh, darn Worldwide wide courses. So I'm super excited, uh, for for the Darn wide courses. I also forewent that last year. A uh, huge regret. Um, so one, if you're listening to this, you're going to Dart in your first year. Go on a worldwide course. Make it work with your internship, however you have to. Also join the DOC so you can get a really good Patagonia Darden swag. Uh, if that's the only reason you join the DOC, which it shouldn't be, but if that's the only reason you join, make sure you join so you can get some DOC swag. I didn't do those two things in my first year and I regret it. I think finally, uh, UVA basketball season, right? So, uh, I went to the Duke game last year. It was fantastic, uh, seeing kind of Coach K's final season. But if, you know, one of the things I was super excited about coming back to UVA or other schools was just like the ACC sports culture, love going to tailgates for the football game. The DMA always hosts the tailgate but also just the basketball games. When you're in JPJ, the stadium, and it's, it's, it's rocking, it's a close game, it May come down to a buzzer beater, you really just can't beat the electricity that's in the room.
0: Yeah, UVA men's basketball, top 20, preseason ranking, so uh, reasons of, well, it's always ex- exciting time. Basketball season, it's fair to say, is the, the hottest ticket. The men's basketball uh, team, the hottest ticket in, in town, but, but football, um, you know, they're they're getting there they're getting there off a win against georgia tech on thursday night so you never know what's possible <laughs> so um well miles it's been so much it's been so much fun talking with you and, and thank you for all the advice and insight that you've shared here so uh, and good luck with everything that you're doing with the dma it sounds like y'all have got a lot planned i have no doubt that y'all will find a way to get it all done awesome brett thank you so much And that was my interview with Miles Stroud, a second year student in our full-time MBA class of 2023, and one of the co-presidents of the Darden Military Association. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.